Welcome crypto enthusiasts. Today we have a special guest on the show, Ricky, aka Ponzi Trader, a renowned figure within the cryptocurrency industry with vast experience as both an investor and trader. He's weathered numerous ups and downs in his career, and he's here to share his valuable insights with all of you. But that's not all. Ricky is also the driving force behind the captivating show Magnet Money, where a jaw-dropping 475000 has already been given away, and there are plans to reach a phenomenal $1 million before the new year. You can follow his exciting journey on Instagram, at PonziTrader, and Twitter, at Buyer of Blood. Not limited to the crypto world, Ponzi Trader is a pilot who's revolutionizing the aviation industry, accepting cryptocurrency for private jet sales and chartered flights. In this episode, we'll dive into Ricky's trading journey, explore his diverse projects, and uncover the unique habits that set him apart. Join us for this enriching episode as we learn from the best in the business, Ponzi Trader. Let's get started. Yeah, sick. Thanks for reaching out, by the way. I'm really bad at answering messages and all that jazz, but I do everything i get and uh it at least helps me realize that i am doing something wonderful in this industry sometimes you know but anyways uh i've been man i've always been someone who never really wanted to work a normal job um so when i was growing up i was always like trying to do things that would make me money without taking all my time and working smarter and not harder and whether that was like fucking selling weed or flipping you know objects i could buy on craigslist like motorcycles watches cars um anything i could kind of try to figure the market out a little bit and then buy for low and sell for high and then finally in like high school i was really into stock trading or i was trying to get into stock trading but it was so much info and i felt so lost and then i got to college and my brother starts telling me about bitcoin well i knew about bitcoin from the silk road but like it was $24 when I had first looked at it. And then he hits me up and he's like, hey, dude, it's fucking $800. And I'm like, wow, um, that's a lot more than than last I saw it. And this was like January of 2017. And then in September, we get on the call again and he's like, dude, it's like $2,100. I'm like, okay, what's going on and how can I make money? And then that's, I just sent it. I had like, I was working at the time and every paycheck I got, I just sent to Coinbase and I would start buying shit coins. I bought o- OMG, I bought ADA, and then I found Bitrix, and then I found Twitter. And I realized that there were people who knew more than me and that I should try and chase them around. And so I did. Nice. And I turned like 2K into 50 and I was like, man, I'm retiring. <laughs> I was like, I'm fucking... I'm going to retire off this. I'm going to buy a Lambo by my birthday. This was like January of 2018. I was like, by September, I'm going to buy a Lamborghini. Called my dad. I'm like, dad, you've been working wrong your whole life. I'm rich. Yeah. And then lost it all. In 2018, I found BitMEX and slowly alts collapsed. BTC collapsed. All-time high went 20K down to whatever it was at the time, 3K. But I found BitMEX. And I was, I lost everything, but I was like motivated to keep trying. I was like, I'm going to fucking make money. Like, I was like, I'm not, I'm not letting these losses, um, you know, discourage me, which a lot of people got discouraged because it's not easy in a bear market. And I found derivatives, created derivatives on BitMEX, lost a bunch of money to Arthur Hayes, and then just started jumping around, trying to make myself known in the community, trying to grow my following. My dream was to meet these people that I followed and had on notifications someday and party with them and 
surely enough, I got there, and here I am. Now I uh, I still trade derivatives. I'll I'll be it. It's been a rough ride last year. So what sort um, of what sort of derivatives are you talking about? Like, so I mostly trade uh, crypto perpetuals. I don't trade. I used to trade options um, and equities back in 2019, 2020, 2021. Okay, that was fun, easy market, and then. I got so enthralled with uh, with perpetuals that it kind of took away all of my time and attention, and there was just so much to it. And that was, you know, Binance, FTX, um, Bitmex. Those were really where I did all my perpetuals trading. The, the the most of it was probably FTX. That was where I had the highest volume for sure. Yeah. Um, and that's where I, I made the craziest runs. Yeah. So did you pull anything out of FTX before it collapsed? Yeah. Incredibly enough, I had left my entire net worth on FTX for like a year plus, two years. Like I would, I was literally living with, you know, the minimum in my bank account to survive and pay bills. And every time I needed to re-up, I would just send more money to my bank account and pay the bills and just keep living with minimum because I was so balls in crypto i was like a hundred percent this is this is the future and i'm gonna make a lot of money here and then come like summer of last year i i I, you know i bought a house and i started buying cars and like spending money and i needed more money in my bank account one but two i was like i need to uh i started putting some stuff on chain and i got a deal with an exchange called femex so i was like already siphoning money off of ftx like my main trading balances i was like all right let me put them on on femex and you know start diversifying a bit so i didn't have much on on ftx when it went down i had some money not much at all if i had not changed anything about what i had done for the prior two months then i would have been absolutely devastated and fried damn Damn. really really lucky um i don't know if it was just perfect timing or what it was but i definitely did not expect ftx to go under they were the they were the granddaddy of exchanges. They had all the facey government regulation on their side. They had the stadiums, you know, all the sponsors, the athletes. It was the last thing. I, we were all in Dubai when it happened. It, altogether, it was the craziest, yeah. craziest 48 hours. Yeah, I mean, you, your story is kind of similar to mine, except, um, you know, I'm learning later in the game. Like, I had made the bulk of my money. Um, for me, I made like 150K, which that was last year. And that, that was a lot of money for me at the time, right? yeah absolutely um but i i had lost it all because i was getting greedy i was like um i was using collateralized debt so i was putting up like one bitcoin taking out half of it in um like a on chain token um that was through like leaden leaden finance okay here in canada anyways um i did that with the majority of like my stack like definitely over 10 percent of my holdings and um yeah i got you know, a bunch of liquidations. And so I had to, um, they took a lot of my, my Bitcoin basically. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I learned the hard way and like I was funding like this, this lifestyle that was unsustainable. You know, I was like spending a ridiculous amount of money every month, like in the tens of thousands of dollars. And I was just, I was traveling, I was partying, I was having a good time. Um, and then, yeah, you know, Bitcoin kind of tanked, but my goal was, I was telling myself, okay, you know what? I would rather lose, lose it all or like, you know, hit it big. And my goal when I would like start to pull back and use proper risk management, and I should have done it like a lot earlier, 
but my goal was a quarter mil. I was like, okay, hey, I need to hit 250K and then I'm going to start pulling out. But, um, you know, I, I, I learned my lesson. I should just always practice good risk management skills. And uh, yeah, I just, I wasn't doing that. If it means anything, I've probably lost it all four or five times. Yeah. Like almost zeroed out. Like to the point where I'm like, I need to get a job. And it was all similar practice. Like the, the biggest loss I ever took in one day was in 2021, I think, when okay. BTC went from like 60K to 60K to like 28K in like a 48 hour period. I was just like leveraging long and I had, I had all my stuff on wallets I didn't touch at this point because I had built up a majority of my net worth trading and I, at this point i'm like putting shit to the side i'm like all right like this is my trading stack every time i make some money i send some money to my wallets and um that was going great and one night i'm host hosting a space with crypto cred and there's like three thousand people listening and i am like talking this shit i'm like i'm bidding this 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 and i you know i was like fuck it this is where heroes are made like this is a point in the market where heroes are made i'm going to risk it all so i actually took all the money out of my wallets and I just started layering orders and I did it between an FTX account, a Binance account or two Binance accounts, an FTX account and an FTX sub wallet. And uh, I spread my net worth, pretty much my crypto net worth at the time um, to all these exchanges. And yeah. I bids like one wallet or one account was specifically set for XRP. One X one wallet was uh, or one account was set for sushi. And then the other were like Bitcoin and, and ETH. And I go to bed at like 4 a.m. And I wake up at 7 a.m. <clears throat> and I, for example, I had set bids where like Sushi was trading at $21. I had set bids at $12. So we would need a 50% retrace to like fully fill my position. And a 50% retrace normally leads to some sort of balance. So that was the game plan I had. Um, and I wake up at 7 a.m. And my mom is in town and she's banging on my bedroom door. And my like, she was like, your brother's calling because my brother obviously knew I was positioned. And uh, I like pick up my phone, just like three hours of sleep. So dazed and confused. And I like look at the amount of notifications that I have from all the people calling me that knew I was positioned from my spaces the night before and, and also the liquidation notices. I had yeah. liquidated like 500 and change overnight. And I am like left with at the time, I think it was like 75K and that took me like four years to build so that was devastating like absolutely devastating and it only got worse from there like wait sorry how much did you lose 500k wow <laughs> so she had gone from 22 dollars and it wicked and hit four dollars so it filled my orders and went past my orders hit my liquidation. And by the time I had awoken, it was back at $17. So in a normal market where you don't have a predatory liquidation engine, it probably wouldn't have wicked 80%. And so been back. did somebody back. just try to stomp you up? So there's a huge class action lawsuit against Binance that's still going on to this day from that specific day. And I almost joined the class action lawsuit, but I, I don't know why I didn't. Interesting. Um, so I set up my my Binance account. I was going to trade with them. And then the day that I did that, like there was another news article that came out 
and it was like Binance has just been sued because they sold their their stop loss data to a, yeah. a separate firm, and they're basically selling the data to a separate company that they had sold for millions to fund their business. I don't know. So I had always known that they were doing fishy shit. Um, I don't know if yeah. they still do it. It seems like but it wasn't just them. Like every exchange at the time, like FTX had Alameda trading against their own customers with their own funds for years, right? Yeah. Um, so it wasn't just FTX. It's just predatory, you know, behavior in a market that isn't regulated. So they got away with it, but it's not really like that anymore. You don't really see flash crashes. Um, if it hadn't flash crash hit my liquidation bounce, I would have been up like 180 grand, like when I woke oh. up at 7 a.m but instead I lost pretty much everything. So losing everything is part of the tuition you pay in this market. Everybody could say, oh, you need to practice risk management. And that is absolute fact, but you're going to get hurt. Every person I've met that I aspire to trade like or to live like has gotten blown up. And to say they haven't is a, is a, is a lie. It's just part of the tuition you pay. Obviously, once, twice, three times, four times, you're an idiot. Um, and I definitely have blown up more times than I should have. But I'm always going for glory in a lot of the shit I do. And I'm young enough. Well, I was. Now I'm 25. Um, <clears throat> but I was young enough to where I was willing to go to zero if that meant on the other side of there, there was the potential to make millions. And I am still at that point but my zero is no, is no longer actually zero. It's like, all right, I need to have enough to survive for eight months with, with, you know? Yeah. But I mean, now you have like some diversified assets. Like you said, you know, for you've sure. got a house, you know, I follow you on Instagram. looks like you've got a plane or maybe, yeah. maybe you ran, I, I don't know, but like, it looks like you've got some, some diversity. I'm sure you got some, some watches and stuff. And like, one of the things that I had wished that I had done, like, I kind of learned this too. It's like, you know, nor normies or people who don't really understand it, they see guys with like $100,000 watches or, oh, why would you ever spend the money on that? It's like, well, it's actually a good place to hold your money. Like, <laughs> one of the best. Not the best. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. And, and even for me at the time, I was looking at purchasing, you know, pieces of artwork for like $10,000, $20,000, which was a lot for me at the time. And I kind of wish I would have done it. And at the time, I thought, oh, this is a ridiculous expense. But looking back that was a way for me to park my wealth into something that you know okay if i did blow up an account i can just go sell a painting i can sell a watch you know um i mean cars cars are a different uh, scenario because they're just a little more sketchy but like yeah you, you know it does make sense why people who you know get riches will spend it on other things that people might think are a liability right but uh 100 i spent a lot of fucking money last year i spent a lot of money this year too um relative to the amount of money i have i have a serious spending problem yeah. but elon musk once tweeted uh something about not learning how to save more but make more and so that's what i'm always trying to do i'm i'm pretty diversified in my I, I don't just trade um i have you know affiliate deals i now do aircraft sales as well i have like little side hustles and then i also do have a bunch of illiquid venture stuff thank the lord i invested over the last few years um that have done 10 to 50x and you know i haven't had liquidity events for them but i have definitely you know wow. made good money on my venture stuff so can you tell me a little bit about like like 
can you discuss like which those ventures are like yeah absolutely okay um my most confident venture check that i've written has gone to a product protocol called elixir and they're essentially an automated mar market maker for centralized exchanges and decentralized exchanges as well um they i was really fortunate met the right guy at the right time he was leaving his prior work and he was founding elixir on like a napkin a cafe type vibe just discussing it with friends yeah. and he gave me the opportunity to invest in the seed round and i did and he just closed the series a for a much higher valuation the product is working they have the partnerships with exchanges so that's more of like a not you know that's more of a quiet protocol not something that ed normally would use something else that i've invested in is karate combat they're a fighting league that have you know uh, branched out into web3 and created a token to allow viewers to actually govern the league choose the fighters bet on the league without bet on the fights without losing money in a new form of gambling called um up only gambling essentially you can't lose but winners can win up only gambling okay yeah i've seen you yeah. uh, they, they've, they've danced around all regulation in a really clean way to where you don't lose money when you bet but what happens is the token is inflationary and every fight the token inflates and the winner of those bets gets more tokens but you're not losing tokens if you lose it's very interesting okay and then i have another which is affinity which has rebranded twice survived every fucking credit crunch they had money in every bank that blew up and just got out in the nick of time um they uh they do like a corporate lending system for credit cards which they were originally Web3, and then when FTX blew up, they pivoted to, to not so Web3. Okay. Um, and then I have some Web3 games um, that I don't hear much back from. I try to be a, you know, an advisor to some of the things I invest in. Yeah. But sometimes they just, you're, you become, you get more in the way than you do anything else, you know? Yeah, it's, it's kind of like you want your money to work for you, right? Yeah yeah that's interesting have you heard of uh one of the guys i just had in the podcast um he's creating this company called helios uh you might be interested but it's kind of like spotify um but their whole idea is it's a different compensation platform for the creators and for like like the musicians and they also have like nfts on it so basically you can distribute royalties and represent ownership of music through the nfts uh, so cool. they're building it on Solana, and it's going to be like one of the apps that comes up on the Solana phone. It's uh, it's pretty cool, pretty cool project. But uh, I could put you in contact or send you his pitch deck if you're interested. Yeah, I would love that. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. I uh, I bumped into this guy at the whale sessions in uh, Bitcoin Miami. Oh, nice. Yeah, he's a uh, he's a great guy. That's yeah. awesome. And so yeah, I saw your your karate combat. Um, that's pretty cool. So you've like. I saw you you fought Scott Scott Kirsch, I think his name is. Yeah. And by the way, I keep referring you to you as uh, Ponzi. What's what's your real name? Uh, my real name's Ricky. Ricky. Okay. Cool. Right on. So yeah, you you fought Scott, and you're doing this karate thing. How did you get into fighting? And like, what, are you passionate about that? What, what, why is it your interest? So last, so in two years ago, um, rookie XBT fought in a fight. In Dubai, same situation. Uh, 
two guys were talking shit on the internet and on Twitter. Yeah. And one day our buddy Muhammad, who lives in Dubai, was like, Let's fucking make a fight out of this. Like, let's let's get you guys in the ring with gloves. And they did, and they you know got sponsors and made this huge event out of it. And then the next year, rookie calls me, he's like, Bro, you gotta fight. I was like, Holy shit, all right, let's do it. And so I did it, and it was like a I made money out of it, thank the Lord, because it costed me a lot of money as well. Um so How did it cost you money. I spent a lot on training. To be honest, I oh, picked okay. the best yeah. coach. You know, I, I was in Dubai for 30 flights days. Flights to Dubai. Just yeah. Like in there. Yeah. Flights to Dubai, not cheap. You know, flying out my coach. And <clears throat> so it was, you know, it wasn't it wasn't the cheapest excursion. And I trained every day for like seven months. So I was paying for private sessions, $130 an hour for, every, you know, for days on end. Um, so that that adds up. And uh, yeah, for sure. I was like, at first they were going to pay us. And then they're like, dude, we have no budget to pay you guys. So I, that's how I found Karate Combat, actually. I was like looking for sponsors and I got connected to them. And they uh, they were like, oh, yeah, we can help you out. You help us out. We found a beneficial relationship and took care of each other. And, you know, that's where it, where, that's where it went. And they're dude, still that's around. awesome. So it's great. That's awesome. And so with your training, did you just do training or did you hire like a nutritionist as well? Like what was your eating like? um i actually went sober for seven months which was crazy concept to me because i was a nice. partier my whole life so i didn't drink at all for seven months and i felt amazing i was in the best shape um i wasn't like i have a pretty crazy metabolism so i can eat whatever i want and pretty much be fine or me too i'm the same for, right now. for now how old are you uh 24. yeah there you go yeah how old are probably, you? 25 we probably got a few more years yeah yeah i'd, I'd say so for sure yeah that's cool and it's uh you know it's unfortunate that uh you know you have to go through wins and losses in life and but like just being yeah. there in dubai that's got to be quite the experience right yeah, was amazing. so um did a uh, trading lord was he talking shit to you first or how did that so, beef honestly, start? we're friends um okay we always have been there's really no beef um we kind of just put on a show for you know the engagement of the fight and there was never really like there's never really beef you know there's tension you're about to fight someone yeah right so there's definitely tension but there wasn't beef at all like we you know we said shit to each other on online to, you know to get the audience excited and um we did all that but there's never really too much animosity nice nice right on yeah i've, I've kind of noticed that's been a trend um just with online communities like if you look at logan paul ksi you know it's like they're talking shit to each other, but at the same time, the more shit they talk, the more money they make, right? And it's yeah, they're selling like, tickets. It's know? a symbiotic system there, and uh, they're selling these prime energy drinks now. So that was yep. the whole story behind it. Is like, okay, let's let's talk shit, let's make it look like we have beef, and then yep. bam, this multi-million dollar company, right? Billion, billion, yeah, yeah, billion, really, yeah, insane. Yeah, it's it's incredible, and like Mr. Beast, like what what those guys are doing, it's a uh, it kind of shows you like i don't know the the potential of um you know digital just digital use cases of different things like having yeah. a, a youtube channel having a podcast having like a, a great instagram these things are going to be worth something uh, that's also what i've pivoted to in the last few months i don't know if you're familiar with the stream that i do with rookie xpt called magnet money show i've so i've, I've been working a lot uh, recently but um i've seen you, your guys's shows and when you guys have it like um usually i'm at work or something but i see you guys are giving away like 5 10k so 
you know, I don't work tomorrow. If you guys are doing one tomorrow, I might hop on. But um, it looks uh, great. It looks awesome. You guys, today, didn't you just win like 700K or something like that? Yeah, we won a lot of fucking money and we gave away a lot of money too. That's the, that's the whole Dude. thing. The goal is to give away a million dollars by the end of the year. So um, we're really? trying. Okay. We've given away 465000 since April. Wow. That's incredible. So tell me more about, about that. So it's called Magnet Money. Where can people find you? Magnetmoney.show. It's our website. Um, it's a pretty simple concept. We bring people on. We put together a little Google form. You got to fill it out. I While we're on stream, I'll just click on random names and I will, uh, you have to have your camera and your microphone on and we'll just play like silly games like Pictionary or Charades. All right. I came up with this game called the Olympics where you have to like, I'll give two people household items and they got to run and grab them and bring them to the camera and whoever gets it first, you know, they, those are $10,000 games today. We played it a bunch. So Damn. winner would get seven grand. And <laughs> if you lost, you got three grand. So there really was no losing. Um, yeah. So it's a, it's a win-win situation. Pretty much. We we're just, we're trying to create this positive flywheel effect that Mr. Beast kind of has where yeah. you, you know, give away money in turn you get engagement and viewership but we are giving away absurd amount of money every week it's like so desensitizing it's more money than like you know a lot of people make every day yeah no it's it's crazy like i i definitely have seen your posts online and it's like geez you guys gave away like 10 30k that's that's ridiculous and for for a lot of these people that's like life-changing money you know because they're they're working a job where that's more than they make in a month right so. yeah yeah we yeah. gave away 65k today so and a lot of the people we give money to come from areas that aren't as um you know comfortable financially as the us or we get people from pakistan or india that you know we give them five grand that's their salary and it changes their lives and the way they react is also super wholesome so good karmic yeah. retribution are going around that one no, definitely. And like, it's kind of one of those universal laws you have to give to get it to, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. That's cool. So this other guy that you have on there, um, what's his name? Suji? Suji Vale or something? Yeah, so his, his Instagram is Suji, but his... But he's rookie, name, right? Yeah, that's rookie XBT. Um, okay. He is probably the luckiest man I've ever met and the best trader I've ever met in a bull market. I will give that to him. Um, he's a fucking legend. Like, that man has made eight figures, lost eight figures, made eight figures and takes care of everywhere on the, everyone on the way. Wow. Okay, cool. So like, when did he get into Bitcoin? I'm guessing he got in pretty early and that's how he made his no, first no. batch of money. No. Same time as me, just 2016, 2017. And uh, <clears throat> he just fucking leveraged everything and knew when to, sh when to jam and he would be leveraged, the, levered the fuck up. He ran 30K into three mil in uh probably like eight months and wow i've seen him like literally dude last three days ago he turned 50k into 600k he has some nuts on him wow that's crazy yeah, yeah he's a serious trader he knows when to jam and he knows when to hold he'll yeah. slam it and he'll stay in it and, and what's he doing he's living in dubai now yeah, yeah I think I follow him on Instagram. He was okay. Canadian. He moved to Dubai for tax purposes, and yeah, he—I'd say he's my best friend right now. Him and I have done a lot together. We do a lot together. I'm going to Singapore with him in September for F1. It's going to be a good time. 
we talk every fucking day it's it's one of those nice. internet relationships it's just hilarious yeah that's awesome yo i mean some of the my best friends like you know they they live on the internet like my buddy jeff from in texas uh we talk all the time but it's mostly just through like twitter we're we're sharing memes we're sharing like i don't know trading positions all that sort of stuff yeah, yeah. that's how it's always been internet friends dude that's incredible so what are your guys' strategies like so some of the ways that i i had made made money in the past was like i'll find these accounts who are sharing like massive amounts of alpha where people overlook it they might have 200 followers or they might have like yeah. 300 followers in twitter but they'll post like pure gold and i take what they say and you know i, I feel like maybe i'm i could be one of those accounts I'm not trying to be a cock or anything but like i only have yeah. 200 200 followers less than that yeah i got like 150 followers in twitter or something and it's not like i'm trying to like make my twitter big or anything but sometimes i'll share some things on there but like i'll see people like just share some really good insight and i'm just like wow like I'm going to take that and apply it to my own trading, right? So how do you find like alpha in, in the markets today? There are people who are way smarter than me. And I have always been someone to try and find them online, put them on notifications and trade from them. Um, but there's like a kind of a balance between, you know, environmental factors and things other people might say that kind of, where they have an edge where you don't have an edge and you try and mirror their edge and it kind of creates noise in a sense. So I was always chasing people who had more alpha than me, but it, it was like a double-edged sword um, because, you know, they would be out of a position in X amount of time you were out in Y and you ended up losing because of the time difference or this and that. And so you kind of have to balance all, all those factors. But now, I've kind of developed this crazy circle of people who are way smarter than me and, you know, formed relationships and group chats and made my way into the group chats with, you know, people I would consider legends in the space. And sometimes I get great alpha from them. Sometimes not so much. Um, sometimes it's my trading is just based off of things I've seen in the past and I know how things will react. Like, for example, one of the biggest trades I took this year was on Coin, Coinbase, and Arc. And my favorite trader of all time, Keyboard Monkey, he's a really good friend of mine, called me and absolutely yeah, follow that guy. He's like, "You're retarded for taking this position. That's a retard portfolio." Like, fully flame me. And I was like, "I know what I'm doing. Like, I've seen this before. I know I've seen this pattern. I've seen this type of reaction from this low. Like, I'm gonna stick to my trade here." And like, just following the person who I consider the best trader in the world. He, you know, he was calling that a dumb trade, but in my opinion, I was like, all right, I've seen this before I'm here. So in that scenario, it was trusting myself, right? Something that I've seen before that worked out. And that trade did, both of those trades did really well. Um, there you go, yeah. So there's a huge balance between guys you really look up to and things that you've seen and have conviction and trust and assets you believe in and assets they might not, things that, you know, you headbutt on, but it's all about balance in my opinion. Yeah, for sure. And I, I totally relate to what you just said there because it's like once you have enough experience, it also comes down to intuition and trusting yeah. your gut. So my buddy Jeff, who I mentioned earlier, you know, he's he's someone who like I'll, I'll kind of bounce ideas off of. Right. And I remember specifically a year ago, we were talking about Miladies, and I only had, you know, I had like, you know, a few thousand dollars to invest at the time. And I'm like, 
okay, this would be a good project where, you know, I could go in, I could sweep up like quite a few of them. And like, I think it might really take off. And, you know, there's a good group of guys like kind of backing it. And I'm like, geez, no one's really got into Miladies yet. Like I, I should, maybe I should look into this as like somewhere where I'm going to make a bunch of money. Right. Um, anyways, I asked Jeff, I'm like, Hey, what do you think about Miladies? Ah, shit project. It's going to go down, blah, blah, blah. Don't get into it. And, um, I learned my lesson the hard way. You know, I had a few thousand dollars to spend on Miladies. And uh, now some of them are going for, you know, thousands of dollars. And, you know, if this bull market continues, you know, could be, we could see a hundred thousand dollars or more for some of them. Right. Um, yeah. And I could totally see that. And I'm like, fuck, like that's a situation where it's like, okay, like listen to your gut, you know, that uh, happened with me with apes, with keyboard monkey apes were running they were at like 11 grand. And I sent in my group chat, I'm like, bro, I think I might buy an ape. And everyone's like, you're retarded. And then like three months later, they were at 60 grand, then 200K and the list goes on. That's happened a lot. Yeah. Um, we make we make a joke that ever since we made our group chat with all our with all like the close friends we have now, there's 16 of us that we've only lost money, which is kind of true and not true. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we've made money together, but obviously you tend to remember the ones where we lost money more. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's, so, it's funny, like the Miladies project, like I was really kicking myself when I saw Elon Musk posting a Miladies picture. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, Jesus Christ, like, and I didn't purchase these for like $100, like, fuck. <laughs> so painful. There's a, a whole, like, there's an entire subculture of just Miladies. And, um, you know, it's, it's this whole idea of like, uh, I don't know, being autistic or whatever has really blown off. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> but like, you see people in the tech industry that they like to call themselves like, you know, autistic or whatever. It's, it's weird. Yeah. I don't know why they do that, but <laughs> honestly, I give a lot of people the benefit of the doubt. I think it takes a special kind of person to stick around through these types of communities and in markets and yeah. cycles and spend as much time as they do on the internet that I would even consider it autistic because it's not normal. Um, but that's, that's, that's definitely true. It's definitely being, true. I, I would say I'm probably on the spectrum. I have these weird little tendencies that most normal people don't, um, that some people might classify as on the spectrum. Yeah. But I mean, like, I don't know, humans, they like to, they like to have a, a diagnosis for everything or classify yeah, everything. True. And you know what? Some people are just really fucking smart. You yeah. know what I mean? And, and I think that's it. Like we don't have to label everything, but Hey, it's cool. You know? I it's think fun. It's, I think it's, it's all <laughs> it's all fun. Yeah, at the end of the day, it's it's really cool. Yeah, so it is definitely interesting. Um, so I know we kind of talked about it um, at the beginning, but like, how did you get into trading? How did you like? You said you do you have an older brother or is that a younger, younger. brother? Oh, he's younger and he got you. He was at he was in college and one of his buddies was trading or something along the lines, and he's calling me. He's like, dude, there's money to be made here. Like, let's do it. And so we both got into it. He kind of fizzled out. Um, he lost some money here and there over the years. He always tried again with me, uh, but wasn't willing to really dive in like I did. You know, I really dove in with the social aspect of it, you know, building a name for myself as well, trying to climb the, the ladder of, you know, Twitter clout for trying to get deal flow for venture and affiliate deals and, I was just way more aggressive with the whole thing. He still is 
you know, invested and we make, we, we do a lot of stuff together in terms of investing with real estate or um, stocks or just pitching ideas, but he's definitely not an active trader. He did great, honestly, trading options um, this year. He was sending me some PL and normally we would always bounce, but he was just sending me some trade ideas. And so he, he's definitely involved, just not as much as others, you know? Yeah, nice. What sort of real estate do you do? We just refinanced the property that we own and we are using that. Unironically enough, we put a little bit of the cash into crypto for now because we need to outperform the loan by 9% or 6% rather. And I do believe that um, <clears throat> crypto will outperform by 6% from here till December. And we want to try to buy something, uh, another another rental in uh, in Florida. Um, but just the goal is to buy one rental every year. Okay, nice. Right on. So that's kind of like Airbnb or like short-term rentals? Yeah, short-term, long-term, both. But we currently have one long-term unit and we want to either buy another long-term or maybe a vacation rental, but the vacation rental market is, is collapsing. So it might be a good buying opportunity in some places. Interesting. Interesting. So I spent some time in uh, Puerto Escondido last year and um, like that Mazinta area. That's that's an area that I see kind of taking off. It's kind of like Tulum, except it's like the real deal. Uh, Tulum's kind of like Miami. Yeah, it's, been um, and it's like it's like the um the americanized like part of mexico it's yeah. still kind of like cancun and all that sort of stuff but uh anyways mazute it's an interesting area you can get like your entire plot of land for 30k wow um, you you own the whole plot of land you can get like a few acres and you can build like the house for another um what is it it's 100k in total so then the labor is like 20k and then 50k to build like the villa and uh, I was thinking, like, it'd be great for a hundred thousand dollar investment to just like build a little Airbnb getaway. You have it for yourself when you don't want to use it; just rent it out. Yeah. And uh, I, I see those types of um, like business plays making a lot of money, like further on down the line. So the I, I, I want to kind of look buying, into those. The only thing about buying in another country is just having to be there if shit happens to the place, or hiring a property manager that you trust and. It's once you have the footing, it's easier, but like to get the footing, not as easy. Yeah, I suppose so. But I mean, being in the States, even in Canada, it's just a, it's a quick flight away too. Yeah, right? sure. Yeah. So uh, speaking of flights, I guess this is a good transition. Um, I, I see you all the time on your, you're flying a plane, you're, you're selling like seats on, you can call it private charter legs and like you're selling these massive private jets. Can, can you tell me more about that? Yes, so I actually do, um, all right, a few little tangents. One, I in 2021, I got my pilot's license. I had a lot of time on my hands because I was just, I didn't have a job, I was just trading. And I loved flying, I got a taste of it when I was young, never really got to finish. So I uh, <clears throat> finished up in 2021, it was a ball. 2020 i can't even remember i think it was 2021 um and then last year i bought my own plane which was really cool um nice what'd you get i, I have a cessna 150 it's a two-seater it's a it's a great trainer i'm actually i just put it back on the market i want to sell it and get something nice uh, bigger Do you happen to follow uh david lush 
David who? David Lesh. No, I don't. Who's that? He's a, you, you'd like his Instagram. You should definitely follow him. He's a, he's a pro skier. He owns Vertica Outerwear in the States. Nice. Um, check him out. He's a pretty cool guy, but he, uh, he flies his own plane. It's a, it's a Cessna as well. It's, it's um, a sick hobby. It's a really fun hobby. Yeah. And it's like, it's something that I want to get into just cause it's like that extra layer of freedom, you know? I would recommend it immensely. It's, I think so. I'm going to look into it for sure. But sorry, sorry to cut you off. Continue. Uh, yeah. So flying hobby, always made it a hobby. Love aircraft, love selling. I love jets. I love planes. I love everything about them. I think it's, you know, it's kind of the, the you made it status to like be able to fly private, um, be able to own an aircraft type vibe. Yeah. Um, there's a company that I'm loosely involved with family and family friends that I've always wanted to work with over the last 10 years. I've always gone to the hangar and been like, you guys should hire me. You guys should hire me. You guys should hire me. And, you know, passed around the idea. And they'd always, yeah, yeah. Someday, someday. And then finally this year out of nowhere, like not even talking to them about it. I always, you know, pay them a visit by the hangar, fly in and have lunch. You planted the seed. Yeah. And they were like, <laughs> look, we're hiring. And I'm like, holy shit. Um, you know, it's not paying as well as, as what I do on the internet, but it's something that if I, you know, lay the groundwork for, um, one, I'm enjoying the fuck out of it. Uh, yeah. I love planes. I love selling. And it's not like a, you know, a nine to five type of position. And, uh, two, there's infinite upside in, in terms of my performance. So I was like, yeah, absolutely. And I just dove in, um, and now I was also brokering flights through a different company the year before. Um, the company was located somewhere else in Florida and I kind of developed a relationship with them. I was like, look, if I bring you guys clients, you know, can we take on crypto? I'll take the crypto, put it on my credit card. And, you know, we'll just like make it work because I wanted to bridge. I wanted to be the first company taking crypto for flights. So I was chartering, I was selling charter flights. Um, and you know, that went well, made a little change. And then this company that I'm also selling aircraft through, they decided to open up their own charter business last year. So I channeled all that energy back into <clears throat> this company. And so now I sell charters just for fun through them because I happen to know a lot of people who made a lot of money who love to charter. And I'm trying to sell aircraft for them. Um, and that's a much, much smaller audience of people that can buy you know, yeah. twenty million dollar planes, but you know what? That's that's very niche, and it's it's kind of like real estate. Like, you know, you might only have to sell one or two a year for it to pay off, right? Because I'm yep. guessing that'd be like commission based. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I mean, they pay a salary, which is great, but it's definitely not something I could personally survive on. Yeah, um, you're I, there for the commission at the end of the day. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. And I mean, that really aligns with your with your purpose. Um, yeah something for me like when i had made all my money um is like i had planned to make all this money right and i know i say all this money but like like i say for me at the time 150k was a lot of money that's that's all i needed it for me at, at the time I, I think it still is yeah um but like i had made it but i didn't plan okay what's the next step you know i, I had only played or planned to make this money and then yeah. i didn't have any other steps after that and so like I think it's very easy to make money. You just have to provide value and put in a lot of hard work and like money will come to you. It's just an exchange of energy, right? I agree completely. Um, 
but I think it's great that you have a you have a purpose. You kind of have this this north star guiding you. Like you know you you love these different uh, venture investments. Um, you love like airplanes, all that sort of stuff. So you kind of have like this purpose and fulfillment, right? Um, is is there anything else that you kind of kind of do that provides you that that purpose in life? Uh, I think the stream has been amazing. The stream I've done with Rookie. Um, being able to give money to people has been really cool and like playing games with them and just being myself on in front of a camera in front of thousands of people yeah has been fulfilling in its own in its own way but just in a very different way nice it's different yeah for sure no there's something about that like just being able to express who you are like unforgivingly like this is who i am take it or leave it there's uh there's something to be said about that yeah and changing people's lives has been a ball yeah exactly dude that is awesome that's uh damn my my mind's just spinning of all these ideas for uh for for what i want to do in the future now yeah um, I, mine still does <laughs> yeah that's dude that's awesome so how do, uh, with flying planes like what's the best way to do it like to get your your private pilot license i love when it? people ask me that um because i remember i was also like what the fuck? like where do i start flying and i knew people yeah. in the industry i had relationships family and friends in the industry so i was like holy shit! i'm very fortunate to be pointed in the right direction but to someone who doesn't know a single person that's a pilot um it can be intimidating. The best thing is to literally call your local flight school, like just Google flight schools near me and call them up and be like, Hey, I'd love to do a demo. And they'll take you up for like half price and let you fly around and be like, you land and you just figure it out with them. Like, Hey, you know, what's your schedule? Like, what's it going to cost me to finish my private pilots program? And it's just taking the step of calling up the place and being like, Hey, I want to do a demo. You know, I want to go give it a try. That's the yes. first step. And that will normally just swing that door wide open. And then obviously there's the financial side of things, which it's not cheap to fly a plane. You know, it's not cheap to get your license. It's the average pilot's private pilot license is about 15, 15 to 17 K when I was doing it and costs have gone up in fuel and, you know, planes. So I would say it's, it's close to 20 K to get your private pilots, depending on the city. If you live in a small town, you could do it for probably 12 K. I live in a very populated area with lots of people trying to do it. So it's not cheap. Yeah. Um, but you can spread that out over a year. You know, there's, there's lots of ways to pursue it. Interesting. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely going to look into it. And with your, your private chartered legs, um, do you sell just through telegram or do you have a website for that? No, no, we actually have a website. It's called flysurjet.com. Um, I thought okay. of an idea when I was, so empty legs are cheaper flights because they're, they're legs where flights are going from point A to point B regardless. Um, so you just kind of sell those at cost or more. Um, you don't really sell per seat, you sell per flight. And I was like, holy shit, I know a bunch of people that would want to fly private and, you know, I was like, let me start a Telegram chat and just chill out some empty legs in there. Well, that's not really where I get my business. Um, it's just more from word of mouth at this point than anything else. Yeah. And people referring somebody else. And, you know, that kind of snowballs in effect. Um, we don't really sell too many empty legs. It's just kind of a way to advertise. But we do have people who hit us up for charters all the time. I think this month 
I sold the most charters I ever did. And that's not even my core business. I mostly was trying to do that to make an extra buck. There's not, it's a really competitive cutthroat industry, but also develop relationships with people who are like, oh, this guy, you know, I texted this guy at 3 a.m. and he took 20K USDT and got me a flight from New York to Florida. And, you know, I didn't have to do shit. So it's just uh, kind of building my brand. Hopefully one of these people buy a plane is where it's more more fun. Yeah, for sure. Damn. Okay. So people are coming to you to get last minute flights on private planes and you're just the middleman. You just connect that buyer to well, the, um, the jet owner. No, yes and no. Because sometimes it's our planes. We have our own planes on charter. Okay. Um, but all, all, a lot of the time, yeah, the legs are mostly brokerage type of deals. Damn. Interesting. Okay. Well, I'm going to call you up one day when I'm in the States and uh, get a private, private flight. <laughs> percent you should That's cool. so how would you describe most of the people that you work with are they are they all in crypto who are buying these no. flights or they come from oh, the people buying the flights yeah i would say like what industries are they in is it just a wide eighty percent of my clientele are crypto wow yeah for sure 80, at least eighty percent okay so like it's mostly young men yeah yeah I've... okay I honestly don't think that I've had a client. Well, I had a client and his father, whose father's in his sixties, but he was like the only older guy I knew that bought a flight for me. Most of the, most of the people are in their twenties and thirties buying flights for me. Wow. That's pretty cool. Yeah. It's really inspiring, honestly. Yeah. Right on. So for somebody maybe listening to this podcast, um, how would you suggest to get into like trading and investing and achieving your financial dreams? Yeah, I think that it's really a double-edged sword and um, should definitely understand the difference between trading and investing and that investing will always outperform on the long run. Something I was really stubborn, I was always trying to outperform the market and uh, the market most of the time outperformed me. Obviously, there were years where I outperformed the market by thousands of percent, but if we did this for 20 years straight, the market would outperform me probably. Um, so investing is great. Put money aside, put it into assets you believe in. Trading is very dangerous and should 90%, 99% of traders fail. That's just like, a, that's just a statistical fact. 99% of tra traders either give up, lose money, you know, lose money for several years in a row. You gotta have a like big bankroll to, not a huge bankroll, but unless you're getting in at the right time, you gotta have a big bankroll to, you know, take care of bills and make money. Because there's times where there's months where you don't make money at all. You're losing money. And if you don't have cash on the side to protect your expenses, then you're going to spiral out of control and lots of variables. So investing is awesome. Have streams of income, multiple streams of income. Invest in assets you believe in. You know, uh, if you want to take riskier plays, by all means, do it. But always try to spread your streams of income so you have many rivers many many rivers um i didn't do that my first few years and there were days where i had to pay bills and i hadn't made a, a dollar trading in two months and i was like all right well i'm i'm in trouble here uh now i have multiple streams of income thank the lord so if i have a bad month i put it on pause and i'm like all right let's you know let's figure out what i'm doing wrong um nice if they really if you really really want to get you know Get yourself into the industry just dive in head first there's so many resources on the internet on youtube on twitter on social media platforms there's books 
you just have to get exposure. Nothing beats exposure and experience. Just hours and hours and hours and hours of reading and, and trying and error. And it's just, you got to dive in head first. Absolutely. Right on. Yeah, you couldn't have said it any better. That's awesome. One of the things that I do, the cool thing about this podcast is it's like, it's an excuse for me to utilize my current network and also to expand my network. So talking to people like yourself, the whole idea of this is talking to people who are kind of like in the elite 1% setting themselves apart from everyone else by just what they do and, and how they are with their actions. Um, so I, I really believe in like surrounding yourself around a close knit group of people and like really making sure like those people are going to bring you up or you can bring the others in the group up as well. Um, what are some tactics and tricks? I know you mentioned earlier, you're in like, you broke into these group chats um, and that obviously you got exposure to these different types of people, right? But what are some things that you do today to like, to keep expanding your network and to keep like evolving and getting closer to these people who bring you up? I was always like a social butterfly. I realized young age, at a young age that your network is your net worth. Um, and I really, really, really treated people well and made sure that I was always talked about in a positive manner um, and tried to leave a good impression on people and tried to take care of people with nothing in return. Um, yeah. Because at the end of the day, you're just like one introduction away from someone who can change your life. And I've always needed a good group of friends. So I've, you know, met thousands of people that some stuck around, some didn't, but I always tried to start a conversation somewhere, whether it was in public or online, you know, replying to a post or opening the door for someone or making a comment about somebody's watch or just simple little things. Um, it's just like the little things that end up butterflying effect into something huge um sorry i'm so exhausted right now that no, my, it's all good bro my lexicon is failing miserably but don't worry <laughs> the, the point is to step out of your comfort zone if i could just wrap that up i would say step be be willing to go to that party that someone invited you to that you didn't really want to go to because you didn't know anybody and you didn't want to sit there awkwardly in the corner and not talk to anybody or take the extra take the extra step to be like all right whatever i'll go socialize because there's always someone that you might meet in those scenarios that can change the you know entire direction of your life yeah and um you know if you start a new relationship harbor it you know reach out to them hey what are you doing today hey uh i, I love this chart what do you think of this chart hey are you in any group chats that you know you, you i remember the very first group chat i joined actually that I was the first time I was like starstruck because I was in a group of people that I really looked up to and I was a nobody at the time. Um, I just DM'd Crypto ISO and I said, look, I, I, we were like sharing, sharing charts. And I was like, yo, are you in any group chats where you like, you know, talk to people um, about markets? And he's like, oh, you know, there's this group with some people. It's pretty tight, but I'll ask them, you know, I'll send them your Twitter and ask, you know, if I can add you. And they, he did. And I was like, holy shit. You know, I'm getting all the alpha now and I definitely got some alpha, but um, it was the little things like just always trying, you know, always nice. trying. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah, I've, I've been thinking about starting a group chat, like just for, for my current network and uh, it's something I might consider now for sure. 
you should i did that essentially in theory that's what i did i have a discord with a few thousand people that i kind of created so other people could meet other people who needed yeah. somewhere to you know I'm, I'm in your discord by the way i'm oh, in there yeah <laughs> love that like that's where you know it's, it all starts in one discord right and then someone yeah. else is like hey join this discord that i'm into the internet has helped us a lot with the whole social aspect yeah it's it's great health is like these five pillars it's not just financial wealth it's also your social wealth it's your family wealth spiritual wealth physical health mental health um, i guess that's six and uh financial wealth you know it's like you could be very you know rich but have nothing in these other pillars you know i think you need to be well balanced in all of them for them to all go up at the same time you know you can't just be completely spiritual but not be educated on anything financial you can't you can't have no like social status or no community and no one to help you, you know, bring yourself up. Um, so one thing I do just want to touch on is um, like uh, physical health or like, is there something you do in your, your habits, your day-to-day -day routine, or even with your community? Like what, what do you do that many people might not know about, or it might seem odd to other people that you think kind of sets yourself into like 1%. I love that. Um, first off, I completely agree about the pillars. Uh, one of my favorite sayings is some people are so poor, all they have is money. And I know a lot of people that well, the only thing they have is money. Yeah. And I would definitely consider them very poor because of every other aspect of their life. But to follow up on that, uh, I am surprisingly enough, one of the healthiest eaters I know. And, you know, that's kind of subjective because some people would say being vegan is super healthy or, or you know being keto is super healthy but i found a diet that i respect that makes me feel good um i don't really like sugars you know i don't like sweets i don't have an appetite i don't drink soda unironically enough i party like an asshole and i did for a long time you know i drank a lot i participated yeah. recreational <laughs> drugs and those are in theory unhealthy but i really find myself to eat how i want like how i want to feel good right so i'll i'll you know i take what i consider supplements that I, I need and i you know make sure i have enough water huge hydration guy um make sure i could do enough physical exercise because if i don't do physical exercise i love the sauna i love the ice bath i love things that keep my momentum you know here Rather than like if I if I don't work out for a week and I don't eat healthy and I'm not hydrated, I will feel like shit and I'll see it in what I'm how I'm treating people and how I'm trading and you know how I'm and taking in information. So I'm a huge advocate for making sure that you're doing enough to feel good every day in terms of eating, stretching, working out, you know, balancing everything out. Like today, I, I'm not even kidding. I sat at this computer for 12 hours. I, I got yeah. at my computer at probably 9 a.m. and it's 10 30 p.m. now thankfully i took an hour and went to the gym but as soon as i got back from the gym i fucking sat here and i got on a call with the boys and you know tried to scheme on how to make a billion dollars right so oh, yeah. today was uh, today was a, a definitely a more painful one but i'll make up for it tomorrow so being being able to balance everything and it is like the key for me to feel good. And I think everybody should look into health, right? And like, if you have your bag of Cheetos, whatever, but I can't, <laughs> not yeah. me. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just like you said, you know, like today you had 12 hours like on the screen and it's like, you know, you try to live a healthy lifestyle so you can, you can have those days when things are going good and there's money to be made. Like these are the days where, you know, when you're 50 years old, you'll be thankful you worked your ass off and you're able to do that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's all about like, you know, hopping back on the horse the very next day, not getting out of the rhythm of things. Um, This year is like, you know, I started um, like, year and a half two years ago basically like really focusing on my physical health um but not really my diet um so this year i've been focused on like trying to do like 70 percent organics uh in my right. food or more and now i do like filtered water and i've got this yeah. supplement regime i'm doing shilajit if you haven't nice. tried shilajit, shilajit are you dude, on shilajit too bro yeah oh yeah dude that stuff i, I take it every morning change your life right now i'll fucking message it to you kachava is like a protein powder not really focused on protein but more focused on the minerals necessary uh yeah. and nutrients and it's like what i start my day with every single day dude send it to me i'll, I'll try it out for sure yeah, yeah i thought i'd have to teach you about shilajit but you already know about it man that's yeah, awesome I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, you, I'm a big organics guy big huge yeah. my, I'm, I'm honestly a water sommelier like if somebody like i'm pretty picky about my water me like too. i'm in a glass bottle needs to be giga filter that's my glass like, glass bottle i i put lemon and salt in there dude, charge you already know. <laughs> we're on the same page yeah. and i'm actually also, i'm starting like a an organics company right now i'll have to uh i'll send you dude, the website awesome. link to it it's kind of like an online farmer's market it's kind of like the, the reverse of amazon so it's kind of like a local amazon so you can get locally locally produced organic items delivered right to your door that's yeah. really fucking cool yeah it's it's like add plant i like you have your plant i have like one two three four five six plants in this room yeah you can't see there's a couple plants here but i got some some more around the room but yeah i also big plant guy. wearing polyester <laughs> like i'm only linen and cotton really dude um, you, you must follow Solbra on instagram yeah i know hey? him yeah. oh um, you know okay yeah yeah so i've been uh, following like Solbra and, and like all these these health accounts on twitter and i think this is one of the things that are gonna take off like in the future for sure it's just like, you know, after COVID, people now they want to be more healthy. People realize yeah. that, you know, it was a big like, I don't know. They, they were trying to. There's a balance, right? Like Solbra is kind of. There is a balance. I mean, you're you're not gonna catch me outside like tanning my testicles every day. But <laughs> <laughs> unironically enough, there are health benefits to it. I will there, say there um, are. You know, if I'm in Mexico, you might catch me doing it. But like, yeah, exactly. not every day I'm at my house. But yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Anyways, I'll check out this link you sent me, bro. Yeah, you'll appreciate it. It's a good one. Cool. But yeah, um, I'd love to have you on the pod in the future. Um, we can maybe catch up or something. And uh, if you guys ever need, like, I don't know, someone to, to come onto your YouTube or like a producer or something, just uh, just hit me up, okay? Absolutely. If you're ever in Florida and I'm ever on that side of the world, I'll definitely hit you up. But dude, shoot sure. me my- Yeah, I'm usually, in, I'm usually in Miami. Um, you know, a couple times in the year. So I'll definitely hit you up. All right. Well, Ricky, it was a pleasure getting to know you and um, yeah, we'll stay in touch. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Take it easy, brother. Okay. Right on. See you, dude. Ciao. Okay. Bye.